Welcome. I am Mark Berkler, and we're on day two of covering the Gospel of John, living words from the Gospel of John, allowing the Bible to come alive and Jesus to speak directly to each of our hearts through two-way journaling. So in the second half of John chapter two, John is introducing Jesus to the world. First half, he kind of told about Jesus's history. Now the second half of the chapter, he's introducing him to the world. So how do you introduce Jesus to the world? By the time he's done with chapter one, John will have covered the first 31 years of Jesus's life. Unbelievable. Uh, and John will be getting to what he considers the most important things as he gets into the, the other 20 chapters of his book. You will notice as we read through this that Jesus has given many names here in, 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 in these few short verses. And each one of those names is an experience and encounter that we can have with the Lord Jesus Christ. So that'll be one of our journaling questions. Lord, have I encountered you through each one of your names? So let's go to scripture. And we'll be going to eSword, just so I can show you how I use eSword. And I will show you several of those things here today. <laughs> so John chapter one, we're going to be starting in verse uh, verse 19. <clears throat> this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but he confessed, I am not the Christ. They asked him, well, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you a prophet? He answered, no. <laughs> then they said to him, who are you? So that we may give an answer to those who sent us as to what you say about yourself. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him and said to him, why then are you baptizing if you're not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? He answered, saying, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. It is he who comes after me, the throng of whose sandal, sandals I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is on behalf of whom I said, After me comes a man who is higher rank than I, for he existed before me. I did not recognize him, but so that he might be manifest to Israel, I came baptizing in water. John testified, saying, I have seen the spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, he upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one 
who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I myself have seen and have testified, this is the Son of God. So Jesus calls uh, his first disciples. Again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. He looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated, translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found first his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day, he, proposed, he purposed to go to Galilee, and he found Philip, and Jesus said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida of the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no God, no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe you shall see greater things than these? And he said to him, truly, truly, I say unto you, you will see the heavens open and the angels of God descending, ascending and descending on the Son of Man. All right, lots of titles given to Jesus here. One of them being king right here. Um, you are the king of Israel. That's one of the ones that jumped out at me because right now our kings and our rulers in many of our nations are not acting very righteously. And it seems to me like we as Christians have a responsibility to disciple our nations, to get involved and to bring righteous rulership into existence. But many of the people, people of the church don't believe that and don't get involved. And uh, so I thought, well, man, I would like to, to study king, king and kingdom a little bit more intensely. So I can go to the top of this page. I can click on the NASB plus. And when I do that, it's, it gives me a whole bunch of um, numbers. Let me go back. So you see we're in verse 49 uh, because it, it's 
colored tan as opposed to green. So, so when we click on these all these extra numbers, I still want to go to verse 49 and look for that word king. So here it is. The Greek word is 935. If I click on it, look what's going to happen here on the bottom of the screen. See, there's nothing highlighted in the bottom of the screen, just a bunch of tabs. But once I click on king, you're going to see a whole bunch of these um, are highlighted, saying, okay, uh, there's things in these highlighted ones for you to look at. Um, there's Greek definition. We can find the, the Greek word for king, and we can find the definition, which I, I really think we probably do know the definition, but there's a definition from Thayer's. Here's one from Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. Here's one from the New American Standard Concordance. And then here is the King James Concordance, where he says there are 118 uses of the word king um, in the Greek. So starting with Matthew, this is in the New Testament. So the idea of a king coming is a pretty predominant idea. 118 verses talking about kingship. And uh, kingdom, there'll be even more verses if we if we had the word kingdom in there. So, um, so that's all interesting. But if I go back up here to verse 49, and I go to that word king, and instead of clicking on the number, the Greek number, I click on the actual word king, you're going to see different icons on the bottom light up. So let me just, here we go. We're going to click on king. And look, here's a whole lot. I mean, I love Vine's New Testament dictionary. So if we look at that and we can kind of, these are all, Think we can lift this up a little bit so we can see see it more. So here's a, a lot of teaching about the word king. Okay, as a noun, as an adjective. Tori will have the same thing. Going to have a, quite a bit of teaching on it. So if I want to do a study of kingship, I can. Smith's same thing. Just a whole lot of great stuff. Nave's Topical Bible, a whole lot of great stuff on kings. Um, International Standard Bible Encyclopedia just has a little bit on it. Um, here's Hawker, small paragraph. Here's Hastings, got quite a bit. So I could do a really thorough study. And uh, here's another encyclopedia, very extensive study on King. Here's Easton's, a lot of stuff. And here's Fawcett. So I can, I mean, there's many, many verses here. And if I hover over any one of these highlighted verses, it'll give me uh, the actual verse that I can read. Okay, so I can just do so much research on the word king. So uh, just wanted to let you know that that's all available. And if you had the word kingdom in there instead, it would give you a ton on kingdom, all right? So I think I would like to do a little Bible search. So up here on the top, Left corner, if I click on the word Bible, I can do a search. I'm going to click on the word search. And then over here opens up an, a new window for me, which normally was up higher. But since my face is showing at the top, I moved this box down a little bit lower. So I can, I can type in King if I want to. And I can say, um, well, instead of searching the whole Bible, how about if we just search for um, the Gospels? What does the Gospels have to say? And then we'll click on the little search button here. And here's all the verses. Um, 
and and actually it's, it's got all these little I don't want that new American standard plus so I'm going to change that to just new American standard and I'm going to click on search again and so now all those numbers are not in there here's every time the word king is used in the New Testament and it's all highlighted I can copy this whole section out into a Microsoft Word file and I can read it over study it it just Fascinating. Okay. If I click on any one of these verses, like Matthew 27, 11, it's going to take me over here to this, this screen on the, on the top left, Matthew 27, 11. And if I don't want all those numbers in, I can switch back to just the New American Standard and I can read the verse in context. I can do that with any one of these verses. Click it. Here's one in Mark 15, 12. And there it is, Mark 15, 12 in context. It's just a tremendous resource. So um, I'm also interested in the idea of kingdom because, you know, America would be, have a president, which would be a king, and, we, and the kingdom would be the land of America. So, so what could I learn about kingdom? Here, again, all the verses, just lots and lots of verses of the kingdom. They're all highlighted. <clears throat> And I, I take the time to look these all up, which I don't mind doing. Because <laughs> if I look them all up, all the verses on king and all the verses on kingdom, I will know everything that Jesus has said about him as a king and his kingdom. And I won't even need to necessarily rely on what other people are saying, because I'll have gone firsthand to every single scripture in the gospels where Jesus talks about king and kingdom. And I can pray over these, meditate over these, meditate on these verses. And I and I can and I will learn a lot. <laughs> and and it'll help me decide, is it okay for me to, or other Christians, to run for office and to be and to aspire to be the king in our nation, the president of our nation? or a senator, or a congressman, or a state representative? Is, is that part of what should happen? Or is that not part of what should happen? And what do these verses say happens when the kingdom is manifest? Because there's quite a few of these verses that say when Jesus cast out demons and healed the sick, the kingdom had come amongst them, and the kingdom was upon them, and the kingdom was in their midst. So he was destroying the kingdom of Satan. He was releasing and manifesting his kingdom by works of power. So I, I know for sure that anytime we lay hands on the sick and, and we heal them, see them healed by the power of the Holy Spirit, that that's a, that's a work of the kingdom of God. That's a work of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God, which happens once we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. So uh, John does say, along with all the other gospel writers, he introduces Jesus by saying, Jesus is coming to baptize people in the Holy Spirit. I was a Christian for a good number of years before I got baptized in the Holy Spirit because I didn't know anything about it. And when he talks about Jesus being baptized in the Holy Spirit, it said the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, which is exactly the same phrase in, in Acts 2, where the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and they received in power, power because in Acts 1, Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until... You've received the power of the Holy Spirit. So he came upon them. They were fully baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hopefully you have too. Um, 
and uh, and it's very interesting. This, this is very central to what Jesus did. He was introduced as the one who will baptize us in the Holy Spirit. So we should expect that. We should go after that. We should receive it. And as soon as he's baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you notice, he's working with supernatural power gifted by the Holy Spirit. Words of wisdom are coming. Words of knowledge are coming. Healing, deliverance, all the same things that we find Bible says is available to us as the manifestation of the Spirit. Ninefold manifestation, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy, discerning the spirits, miracles, faith, healing. Those are all the things that we see Jesus doing starting right away in John chapter 1, just the second half of John chapter 1. So it's all very exciting. <laughs> uh, so, so some of the different names that are given in, in this section of John to Jesus, he's the son of God. So these would be questions to ask. Have I experienced him as the son of God, as a rabbi, as my teacher, as a lamb who laid down his life? Have I chosen to lay down my life also for God? Have I experienced him as my Messiah, my Christ, the one who came to save me and wash away my sins? Have I experienced him as my king, the one who's my Lord, the one who is my, uh, my ruler? And the, and the title that Jesus loved the most and used the most to describe himself was the Son of Man. He took the lowest title he could possibly use, and he used that to describe himself, which kind of lets me know <laughs> he's not real big on big fancy titles that give you authority over people. He'd rather be a servant leader. And so the same needs to be true, I think, in, in each of our lives. So how about some possible journaling questions? Um, and I'm going to share with you several. You can use these or you can ask different questions. But Lord, we just uh, enter into your gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter into your courts with praise. So Lord, we come before you and we ask, uh, Lord, have I experienced you through each of these different names that are mentioned in John chapter 1? Here's what the Lord said back to me, a part of what he said back to me. Mark, you see, I have many names. These describe the many ways that I can and do meet you and solve your problems. Learn to celebrate me in all of my names and in all the ways that I can comfort and counsel you and anoint you for action. I'm the one who baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. I am the one who saves you. I am truly your all in your all. Learn to come to me for all your needs, for I am here to provide them. Second question I ask the Lord, Lord, have I experienced you baptizing me in the Holy Spirit and begun to walk in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit? Mark, yes, you fought fervently to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I meant you with revelation knowledge and you are baptized in my spirit and my power. Now as a teacher, you have led many others also into the baptism of my spirit. You have seen miracles and healing and had words of wisdom and knowledge. And these shall only increase as you continue to walk closely to me. So those are a couple of uh, journaling questions you could ask the Lord. Lord, have I experienced you in all of your different names that are mentioned here in John chapter one. <clears throat> Have I been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Am I moving in the power of the Spirit? 
And then the third question would just simply be, Lord, um, what would what else would you like to speak to me from this section of scripture? And of course, you can pick any other questions that you want to ask the Lord, but it's good to journal so that you have living words directly from God to your spirit. The disciples of the Emmaus Road said, we're not our hearts burning within as he was opening scripture to us. That's what we want. We want Jesus opening these verses to us. So revelation fire hits our hearts and the Bible is alive. Our relationship with Jesus is alive. It's no longer a theology. It's no longer a book we live out of. It's a living encounter with the living God. So revelation life, healing words, that's what we're after. So Lord, we thank you for the word of God, thank you for the Bible. We thank you that you're alive speaking today and unfolding scripture into our hearts. Lord, I ask for each one who's listening here today that you will speak into their hearts as they come into your presence with worship and praise and a humble, meek heart. Lord, meet them, speak to them, give them your living truths. And Lord, for what you do, we give you all praise and honor and glory. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So do some journaling, and then we'll come back another day for another section of John.